a martial arts movie podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, Paul, 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 I don't come through. You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Mark, just so, I think he he deliberately ducked this episode because it's, it's ah, no, uh, Zero, we're, we're talking about chocolate today, right? Yes, chocolate. About chocolate. Yeah, mm-hmm. a legendary film, not to be confused with Chocolat, which I, <laughs> I saw as a kid. And I was like, I don't understand this movie because I was a child. Um, we're not talking about Chocolat, we're talking about chocolate, and Mark was fortunate enough to dodge this one because we're to continue Women's Appreciation Month. We're going to be talking about an autistic girl, um, and I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. Although this movie's pretty awesome, so, so I don't know. <laughs> I want to say, for the most part, that the movie doesn't feel exploitative uh, in in the beginning. Mm, in yes. the beginning of the movie and throughout most of the movie, the movie doesn't feel. It does. It, it feels like it's generally handling the fact that the main character is autistic. It, it handles it very nicely. I don't. I don't think it feels bad. I don't think it feels like it's uh, like portraying it in a negative light because the movie is kind of a drama as well. Mm, yeah, I think the key word there is kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 half drama, half Thai action film. So take that as you will but yeah the, it, it never feels like they're taking the fact that this character has special needs and they're exploiting her for it for the most part because every uh, everything that's going on is in service of her helping her mother who unfortunately has cancer right yes. so it's it it's at least in in good spirits it's trying to do good well, well you would totally believe a certain way of the movie, uh, everything you just described describes the first twenty minutes of the film because the first. Tw- oh, but I, I guess we're jumping right into it in terms of story. But this is a Jija Yanin vehicle, right? This is actually, I think, this is a movie that put her on the map, right? This is her first movie. Yes, she yeah, was and- originally supposed to be cast in. Crap! What's the movie? Uh, I forgot. Uh, Chocolat. Chocolat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was going to be in the original Chocolat, but decided to do this Chocolat. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, well, I mean, this is, yes, this is, uh, while you looked that up. Uh, oh, Born Jija... to Fight. She was supposed to originally be in Born to Fight. She oh, auditioned okay. for Born to Fight, and they, they saw her, her demo reel, or they mm. saw her, whatever, audition tape, and they said, no, you're not going to be in Born to Fight. We want to put you in your own film, because that's how right. impressed uh, with, her, with her stuff they were, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, the, uh, for her to have a starring role is definitely the right choice. Because uh, this movie put her on the map, in general. Um, although, in, you know, generally speaking, you know, I, I think this is by far her best performance uh, in terms of action performances. Um, I would disagree with you there, but I think this is this is okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what would you think is tops this one? I liked Raging Phoenix a lot more. In ter- Ra- well, in ter- I, I don't remember liking that movie. So yeah, yeah. In terms we- of fight choreography, Raging Phoenix has a lot of fight choreography. This mm. is more uh, stunt heavy, or that um, you know, a lot of a lot of pain moments where people are really getting hurt and kicked and 
whatnot. That happens more in this film where Raging Phoenix, I feel, is a little more focused on the fighting. Yes, uh, although I generally just found more enjoyment of this film. But yes, we'll, we'll, we'll save that part of it for much later in the movie um, or this discussion. Uh, Jija, I don't know. I, like, See, I, I actually do have fond memories of this film. I watched it when it first came out 12, 13 years ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> baby me watched this for the first time and I had fond memories of it thinking Jija's great. And re-watching it, I realized like it had the kiss of the dragon effect on me where I like my memory is way of it is way more fond than the actual outcome of it. I don't, I like, I actually re, after rewatching it, it's not nearly as good as I remember, but it's still a fun time. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. You say that because I remember when I first watched this, I had, you know, I got the DVD and I was watching it on my television, my four, three aspect ratio television. <laughs> And it looked horrendous. Everything <laughs> about it just looked kind of bad for some reason. And I remember not really liking the movie. I guess after seeing Ong um, Bak and Tom Young Goon and then Born to Fight, which is uh, a film she was supposed to be in, I saw this and I just, I thought it was just okay, but I forgot everything about it. And I think that, I think forgetting everything about it was probably good because upon rewatching it, I. I think I'm a little, I, I lightened up on it a little more. Like I enjoyed it a lot more this time than when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. Probably because like this, you know, I got a Blu-ray and this is like a lot nicer. Things are more clear to see. And um, I I guess I just, for some reason, I forgot that, uh, I forgot that entire last action set piece, which I thought was amazing just to jump ahead a little bit. Right. Well, we'll definitely get to that uh, much d- later down the line because the end, <laughs> the ending of the movie is what I remember most from the film. Right. Of course, there's there's a, there's a small handful of fights in the movie. They're all. I, I actually don't think they're terrible. They're 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 not bad. Right. But they're not. I wouldn't say they're the most memorable. Uh, what really makes this movie stand out most are the amount of stunts. Yes, but also the injuries. I remember like walking out of this the first time around. And just memorize, like remembering how many injuries were involved in this film. Nothing too catastrophic, but you know there were some hospitalizations, some bruising, some cuts, uh, people's eyes getting patched up because of a uh, you know a kick in the face here and there. Um, and we can definitely touch upon that as we continue talking about it. But uh, yeah, like I think the movie felt more visceral in my memory as a result of that. And watching it again, uh, I mean, it's still the action's still fun. It's not nearly as exciting as I remember it to be. But what besides the injuries, uh, the thing that really stands out in my head is just like how uncomfortable I can I can be. <laughs> it makes me feel at times uh, because of the because subject of the matter. Injuries or because oh, the subject no, matter. No, because of the subject oh, matter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, um... <laughs> I do not feel okay with this story sometimes. Uh, so. To quote uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, well, uh, right, you. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just. Gonna, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> you can say <laughs> it. I'm not gonna say. It. Actually, ironically, the, those movie, these two movies came out the same exact time, uh, same exact year. Uh, so uh, just never go full whatever. Um, and I feel like uh, Jija, you know sometimes straddles a line where it's uh, sometimes not okay um uh, i feel kind of iffy about it the there's a title when the movie initially uh first starts 
there is a opening sequence. Uh, there's a title card that says, you know, basically trying to say, you know, like there's someone special and everybody, you know, you can find um, you can find gifts in many others. It almost kind of implying that, you know, I don't know. Well, they're they're trying was, it, to have some positive message behind this whole it thing. Felt like it felt like the move, like the uh, director, uh, Pran- Prancha Pinchiao. Yeah, he was trying to acknowledge that it's the difficulties of raising a special needs child and that, you know, yes. all children should be loved. So on and so forth, you know, trying to trying to show positive light in in terms of somebody who's possibly on the spectrum, somebody who has a mental condition. And yep. maybe they maybe he was being very sincere. Maybe he was trying to sidestep the fact that people might be offended by this movie. But I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I never thought it was too bad. Well, until when it starts, when it starts off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And until the end, and we can, I can keep on teasing that throughout this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like I, I think that's the sour taste in my mouth from forever ago when I watched this. Uh, that last, the last bit of the movie that left such a sour taste in my mouth that I like. That's the impression I had from it. But rewatching again, I mean, I guess we're going right into it. Uh, the first twenty minutes, Gija's not really in the film. Yeah, yeah right? it's it's a uh, lot of setup, really, which. It is, which I feel is very unnecessary. So basically, mm-hmm. there is a Thai mafia, Thai mob, and Jija's mother falls in love with a Japanese man in Thailand, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their love is forbidden, and he gets exiled back to Japan. So we basically never hear from him again. Well, not before knocking her up. Yes. Bef- <laughs> she. That, that's an important detail. <laughs> no, no. she's the, It's a virgin birth. <laughs> Oh, okay. I got you. So what was the point of him? Then? Yeah. But yes, you're uh, correct. She gets knocked up and it turns out she has a special needs child. Yes. So the, the first 20 minutes are actually kind of uh, kind of sentimental. It, it's, it does it very well. Um, I, and I, I know in your mind, it, it probably it might be, feel a little elongated, but I, I didn't mind this. I thought there was actually a lot to this that you could flesh out. Uh, so when you say ha- like this movie's half drama, half action, uh, I I agree and disagree at the same time. I I agree that yes, there is drama. Um, I wouldn't say half. Yeah, maybe <laughs> half is maybe too strong. Probably twenty five percent drama because, sure, sure. as I mentioned, one of the things that the movie is dealing with, in addition to uh, Jija Yanin's character being autistic, is the fact that you find out uh, pretty early on that the mother has. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they said it, but... I'm, some form of cancer. It's some form of cancer, yes. So basically what the crux of the plot is, they are trying to get money for the mother's medicine, you know, for her hospital bills. And because she was a former mob boss, they find a list where people may have owed her money. So they seek out these people to get said money. Yeah, and that's where the drama stops. <laughs> <laughs> right mm-hmm. because uh, up to that point it's uh, it like it's all set up it's all storytelling uh and that's where the drama comes in like you you want to feel for the, you're feeling for the mother character you're feeling for the sidekick who's just trying to help out you feel you feel for jija because she's obviously on the spectrum so and she um she doesn't understand certain things so when she sees her her mother without hair and, and then it's falling out and like, she freaks out and she cuts her own hair like the things like that like oh i i can sympathize with this character and then that's when the drama stops as soon as she, they <laughs> discover the list. And it's like, all right, now we're just going to have fighting. Um, so that's why I say, like, I agree and disagree. Because, like, yes, it is technically, like, drama. But it's like there's, like, a hard stop in the middle of the movie. Like, yeah. At the third, yeah. third, one third into the movie, it's like, all right, we're done with the story. Let's just 
have a bunch of fighting. Um, although there is an establishing fight in the um, uh, once Jija becomes a, a full grown adult or young uh, young adult, older, I, I believe young she's adult, a teenager yeah. in this movie and in real life. I'm not exactly sure when how old she was, but she looks pretty young. Right, right. Well, I mean, regardless, yes, uh, the establishing fight. I don't think there's much to even talk about. With the exception of this one really nice kick that she does, jumping up in the air and smacking someone on a platform above her. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're, we're up to this point. We have set up that Jija, obviously, uh, you know, like w- with her condition, uh, one special skill of hers is that she just, you know, she picks up martial arts relatively easily. Yeah, that right. I would say that is the weakest aspect of the movie for me. I almost mm-hmm. wish that was fleshed out a little more so i can understand but i guess in terms of quote-unquote action movie you really really need to speed those things up along to get to the fights so all they really did was locate the relocate the family to a thai kickboxing school and you have one scene where as a child she is watching the you know the people practice Thai boxing and then she's just kicking a pillar and from yep. there she's a mar- martial arts savant afterwards you know <laughs> it's it's a it's a big leap I I kind of wish we even I, I would have been fine with a montage actually but you know mm. for for movie sake for pacing sake they really really just steamroll it uh, I like the convention that they use here where Jija is as a child is catching things without looking you know in midair. And then in the middle of catch, uh, as a child about to catch something, it, it hard cuts to her as a young adult. You know, the the, the now Yichujini is like, nice, that's a nice cut. Although she is catching CGI objects at certain points, which brings me to my <laughs> next point. Uh, I am actually amazed by the amount of CG in this movie. Uh, imagine the amount of uh, computer-generated uh, effects in this I film. remember really uh, hating that when uh, I first saw it because... I don't think I picked up on it the first time I watched it. Well, I, I know one of the me. things in the, the Thai movies that they kind of advertised, at least for the first couple, was that, you know, no wires, no CGI. That was at least with Ong Bak. Wow. And I kind of thought the industry would keep along those lines because that's what I loved about that movie. But uh, after watching the behind the scenes and clearly seeing CGI, I realized that's not exactly the case. Yes. Uh, CG is utilized here and there. Um, I mean, it actually is used quite a lot, actually, which I'm actually fine with, you know, coming from a guy who was kind of working in the VFX industry at a certain point. Uh, But my problem isn't really a problem. It's, It's actually... Uh, it's more like a highlight. I never noticed how much wire work was in this film until watching it again. Like, wow, they float a lot. Uh, <laughs> I you, o- I only this? noticed it at the end of the film and in the last action sequence because of I was watching but the behind the scenes and then I realized like, oh shit. Obviously, with the danger of that last set piece, I didn't realize, oh yeah, they probably really were on wires because that is so freaking dangerous. Right, right. There, there are certain other things that uh, a lot more subtle. There are a lot more uh, moments in the movie that you don't pick up on. You wouldn't pick up the wire food. Yeah, there's there. there's but a it, couple it times does... there are big moves where they cut quick enough because I guess they they didn't want to show that she was floating from the wires. But then when I watched, I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Why didn't they just show us the entire move? And you realize, oh, she was right. probably be suspended because of the difficulty of the move. Yeah. There's a lot of like spinning kicks uh-huh. that she does, and that's probably where it came into play right right 
Well, like, we'll definitely get into that as we talk about the actual fight scenes. And there are, I've, I almost see this movie almost like a video game. Not, like, I mean, we say that a lot on our show. We sometimes look at movies as if they're like, oh, here are some mini bosses or here are some gauntlets until you fight the final boss, right? And this movie uh, really does feel like it at times, um, especially with the setup for these three fights in a row. Because like you said before, the main character and uh, the sidekick are trying to get money back from people extorting money from her, her mom originally. So that's all it really devolves into. And each of these fights has a completely different kind of uh, environment. They're, they're all visually distinct from one another. There's a lot to to draw in, draw from, from each one of these fights. Uh, but there's one thing that I think this movie was missing that uh, if you look into the trivia for this movie, apparently, and I guess it's no shocker to anyone who, who would watch this, um, each one of these fights clearly is an homage to a martial arts movie master. Yes. Right? Yes. The first one being Bruce Lee, obviously. Well, Very yeah, obvious because Jija is, <laughs> is just wooing throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. And it, I really do not like this fight. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't <laughs> mind the initial uh, impersonation of Bruce Lee because uh, apparently when they had the idea to make her learn from martial artists, uh, in addition to her learning from the, you know, from the, the Thai kickboxing school, she is watching martial arts DVDs. And one of the things they apparently wanted to do was have her watch Bruce Lee films or Jackie Chan films and show the footage but obviously you need the rights to do that the so they couldn't they couldn't do it so th- i think yeah, they so just had to be very very obvious although it was slightly annoying that this is the person she's quote-unquote imitating and obviously it's bruce lee maybe oh man my word of advice to Prachapinkia because i'm such an expert uh, is maybe get the clearance before you shoot them, right because like the the whole scene is so heavily derived from bruce lee that you think that they and because the vision is clearly to have bruce lee movies in the film maybe you should actually see if you can get the rights to it before you dedicate an entire action sequence to it right because the way what they decide to do uh, as a result of not having that is they cut in sequences of tony jaw like just edited in there if you notice in the very beginning yeah. of the fight um tony jaws edited in so you, ex- you expect her, and, and, and by the way, like these these edited sequences, they're obviously very jarring, and you know, like where are these coming from? It's like some sort of inspiration to amp Jija up to, to fight. But Tony Jaw is doing Tony Jaw stuff, right? <laughs> he's yeah. he's doing Muay Thai kicks, roundhouse kicks, and all of a sudden Jija is channeling Bruce Lee, and like where is this coming from, right? <laughs> yeah, there I, I understand there is a disconnect, but. I, I mean, I guess I was okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they would have got the uh, the rights to any Bruce Lee films to show it or Jackie films. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> I well, think for me, what's very distracting is that you can see with editing and ADR that they're really, really overdoing the Bruce Lee uh, impersonation. Because <laughs> if you look at the choreography, it's kick, cut to impersonation, kick, cut to impersonation, kick, and then you constantly hear the Bruce Lee sound effects yeah. dubbed over when I'm pretty positive she wasn't really doing that. Right. So right. I, I think in, in, in post, they're like, okay, we need to 
brucify this whole scene. <laughs> and I think if they if they toned that down a little bit, I would have been a little fine with this with this fight. Mm. I wonder if you could make an edit of this particular fight without having any of the the sounds, any of the 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 ADR of her impersonating Bruce Lee, all those close ups of her doing the 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 chin wipe move that he does mm-hmm. like all those things all those things and it still would be a fi- you know fine enough action uh, scene because like what you say is true a lot of those impersonations break up the the actual pace of the fight and uh, i i but even if you don't have those i actually find this entire uh the entire uh, stage that they're using to be incredibly boring there's really? nothing interesting about this at all. I, I like the fact that um, they are doing an homage to Big Boss, that, that fight, because it's interesting. I, re- I rewatched the Big Boss, that fight anyway, because I was curious. I was like, oh, is this, is this what happened in the Big Boss? And it, it's not at all like this. It starts out in the ice factory, and it immediately moves outside very, very quickly. And so I'm actually happy that this stayed in the ice factory because I think the visual of those ice blocks is kind of nice. I think it's just not as good as it could have been based on how they decided to shoot it. Like, I think the cinematography isn't as strong. Well, so one good thing about the the fights we're about to talk about after this is the fact that she is utilizing, in fact, not even just her, everybody is utilizing the environment to make things interesting. Here, we have these giant blocks of ice just on the floor and they're not really being utilized to to the full extent, at least in my in my opinion. Well, um, I, I think there is a danger of using these heavy, heavy ice blocks as props because they try sliding it around, and oh, it, it looks it it looks silly. I mean, there's no, there's no way around it. They they couldn't really do too much because there's a few moments where you have a you have a stuntman throwing the ice at her, and it doesn't look impressive that she blocked it. But if you think about it. If she really got hit with that block of ice, right. that's going to knock out your actress. So well, there, there's a danger level that I'm sure they're trying to sidestep. The the sequence of all these men piling, not piling, just like uh, approaching her, sliding these blocks of ice towards her in hopes to crush her. And then she get just walk, like moves out of the way, you know, like just barely. And seeing all the ice just like slowly slide and collide with one another, there's, there's just nothing about that that's even remotely intense or interesting. I agree. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> it's it's very very non-threatening. So I, there's I, that sequence when G, uh, there's someone slides a block of ice at her and she just like just taps it with her foot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks so silly. Like it looks like she's about she's trying to do this very powerful kick on it, and obviously it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, this. This is technically the first fight, and it's it wasn't what I was hoping for. Uh, I think the first fight, it's supposed to really draw you in. It's supposed to show you, okay, this is what's in store, or at least like this is this is what our talent is going to be like. And this, it almost feels like she's not um, a trained on-screen fighter because they cut up the choreography so much. But I think... As I kind of mentioned earlier, I think that's in service of them uh, trying to amp up the Bruce Lee uh, impersonation. Right. Yeah. This fight in general does always does feel like an afterthought. In fact, so much so that I totally forgot this fight even happened. Um, and yeah, it may it might leave a bad impression, a bad first impression for someone for watching this for the first time. Uh, however, like we said before, we do have three fight sequences almost back to back to back, and the second one. Uh, 
definitely picks it up for me. Yes. Um, and that, that like it, it just went from like it hit the low point and all of a sudden just rose back up. Uh, and so the second fight is in a FedEx warehouse because <laughs> uh, that's all you see like these Amazon boxes everywhere. Not FedEx. Uh, I think it's Chaco. Chaco. Sure. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, everything about this is so much better. Everything, uh, not just the environment, because it's much brighter. It's like you, it's more vibrant. Uh, the actions just uh, significantly improved. They definitely put more care into uh, what they can vary up with and uh, put more stunt work in here, like stunt effort in here. Uh, but also, you know, like it's not just a fucking bunch of ice <laughs> like everywhere. <laughs> well, I did like the ice. I think it just was not very shot. I think it was not shot very well. Uh, that made it visually enticing for me yeah. personally. Well, but yes, this this is a much better fight. I think while the the box background is kind of bland, it is definitely uh, more interesting in that it creates this kind of environment for her to run around to weave in and out of because guess what? This fight is inspired by Jackie Chan films. Uh, oh wait, what makes you say that? <laughs> How about that part, part where he's she depants the guy? <laughs> I don't know. Oh like, yeah, is that, is that Jackie Chan? Yeah, I forgot that Jackie Chan does that. He likes to depants his uh, his enemies. Yeah, yeah. Watching the behind the scenes, uh, yeah, you definitely see uh, her performing, her type ta- doing her taekwondo thing, right? It's, it's very, but you know, it, it she translates it so well into like the Jackie Chan style, where she does that five forty kick, eh, more like a five forty jump. Uh, you know, like similar to a way that Jackie would do it. Uh, like it's so flashy and so unnecessary to dodge a low sweep. But hey, you know, like it, it, it adds style to it. And I think the one other thing I like about this that doesn't work with the, the last one is how dynamic the camera is. And that is so important because it adds a little bit of frenzy to this. It makes it way more interesting. Um, and you're, you are right. You know, the background can be kind of boring. It's just a bunch of boxes, but brown because boxes, yeah. there's brown boxes, the color, a lot of brown, <laughs> a lot of brown. Yeah. Um, uh, just because the environment can be drab at times, uh, the movement is interesting and that's, what's so great about this. And you would think it wouldn't work because Gigi herself is also wearing brown, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, obviously, there's uh, so much there to borrow from Jackie's style, right? She's, she's, you know, like using in the environment much more than she did uh, previously. She's using chairs to block uh, an on-go, uh, uh, an on- incoming uh, assailant. She's spinning all over the table, and then as she, once she's done spinning over the table, in the next cut, the table is gone. There's, <laughs> there's no oh, table no. anywhere near her. It's like, oh, where the hell course. did that go? um yeah and just yeah there's just so much more uh, fluidity and movement and all in all yeah there's a um, there's a lot of really interesting things going on in this fight uh, i like that one move where she does like a handstand towards uh one of the assailants and her foot catches his arm causing it to bend in, in a lock it's weird i've never <laughs> seen something like that before it's a little hard to verbalize but yeah i i notice with uh jija as a fighter uh, she's a lot, she, it feels like she has a gymnastics background almost because she does a lot of the back bend. She does a lot of the handsprings. Yeah. She's just mm-hmm. more, I don't know. She's more snake-like for lack yeah, of a yeah. better word, uh, right. compared to her male, male counterparts where they're just more like power and they're like, yeah. like Tony Jaws, more elbows and knees. And like, he does kind of bounce around a little bit sometimes, but I feel 
she looks more like a gymnast when she's when she's doing her mm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like she's she's very nimble, um, and she's definitely sometimes she doesn't always sell the power, but yeah. I think that's. I mean, like that's not her uh, to her discredit. I just uh, you know it has nothing to do with that. I just feel like they're playing up to her strengths. She's more about speed. She's more about agility uh, and flexibility. By the way, no, random tangent. Did you notice that the when they're when she gets up to the sky uh, sky railing, like well the, the railing that's on like the the floor, uh, and mm-hmm. they continue fighting. Uh, you can clearly see that one of the stunt persons is the lead actor from Bangkok Knockout. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has the same hair and everything. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, and, and like you said before, like, she does the handstand, and then she uh, turns that into a split kick in midair. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. You know, like she's, she definitely shows off her her gymnastics ability. And, um, yeah, and like we said before, this is very uh, reminiscent of a Jackie Chan fight. Um, and then towards the end of it, uh, like he, she uses that move that you referenced before. But I gotta mention that one stunt she does under the table. Ooh, that's really, <laughs> really great. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, like if it was if it was done by American uh, by a Hollywood production these days, it would easily be a composite shot, right? You'd yeah. see a what it is is a, a, a giant wooden pallet just being hurled just inches above a glass table. And Jija is sliding knees, basically like limboing underneath this this three inch high table off the floor. Yeah. She's sliding on her knees under the table yeah. while simultaneously ducking under this wooden pallet that has been thrown at her face. <laughs> and you see it in multiple angles. And I think I saw in the behind the scenes, every time she did it, she was just like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, and I feel, I feel her pain. I feel her her fear when that happens i'm just i'm just surprised that she never actually got hit by that thing according to what we've seen right yeah yeah that's one of those instances where that is just prime like uh like it's just you're just asking for um like an ng like an an outtake from that (laughs) yeah yeah and um yeah so that is the jackie chan inspired fight right uh i mean oh, I don't, what else is there what, is to point out in this one yeah one one thing i want to mention there there's two things i thought that were kind of fun mm-hmm. uh the first thing i thought was very strange and incredibly impractical but i guess you have to throw it in there because she's you know very flexible and she can do it oh she does a she jumps uh from a platform on top on top of um, like lockers, and she does a split in midair, and she lands on in a split position on top of the lockers. Yep. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, like, why? Why did you do that? Why didn't you just jump onto the lockers? Why did you have to jump into a split? Well, Tony Jaw did a back handspring over a, a gap, so she needs to up the ante. However, when Tony did it, he actually did it. Oh man, I, I don't want to discredit Gija, but I, I almost want to say that this is clearly wires right she's clearly yeah, doing that yeah. on wires right like she's um, floating too much I don't, <laughs> I don't know it's a little hard to tell well what i thought was was uh, unfortunate for the actress is you can see her right leg kind of clip yeah. when it's going across and i was like oh that doesn't look <laughs> very fun i, I want to guess what your the next thing you're gonna point out is it's, it's yeah. probably right afterwards isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it's when they do a very obvious jackie chan gag when she is fighting using the locker doors she's using the locker doors to hit the assailants in the head and then she's also using the actual lockers to trap the assailants in while she yeah. deals with 
other oncoming attackers. Right. It it almost feels like it's trying to go for the Jackie Chan comedy without without ever really focusing on it. So it's just it's just clearly homage, but never going far enough to you know really hone in on it. Yeah, um, I, I was glad. I was happy it went that route because uh, it didn't need comedy. You know, it yeah, was yeah. like those like the Jackie Chan stuff. Without the comedy, that stuff is painful. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. what's what's kind of interesting is when you watch the behind the scenes at the end of the film, they show her slamming the locker door into one of the stuntmen, and it's a it's a very simple slam. It did, it didn't look painful at all. And then in the next shot, you just see the blood coming down from his forehead because he, he's bald, right? So yeah, like yeah. when you when you're watching the blood just trickle out of nothing, you're like, ah, like the the human head should not bleed like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a but fruit yeah, gusher. Such a such a simple hit with a locker door. You would think, oh, that that doesn't hurt. But then when you see the behind the scenes, like, yeah, that guy, Ugh. he probably needed stitches. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Um, Hey, what, just to end on a nicer note, uh, the one that doesn't involve an injury, to to our knowledge, is right before this this whole portion of the fight uh, with the locker, she's actually on standing on top of a locker, and the locker gets knocked over, and she barrels down off of it very gracefully. Like she's um she's as it's being knocked over, she is essentially rolling out of rolling down the locker as it's falling, um and. I want to say it's also wires because of the way that she did, did, dismounts off that thing. There's no re, there, she's not. There's no shock. She's just perfectly landing on her feet, and it hmm. doesn't feel very, very realistic. Hmm. Um, but you know, hey, it's a good stunt. So like, you know, I'm, I'm trying my, I'm trying my best to uh, you know, stay, stay positive and, and just point out the good here. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's very noticeable once you've seen you know enough of these kind of films. Um, yeah, so. And I'm like we were talking about before. I'm glad they didn't hone in like on the comedy because Jackie has his style. Bruce has his style. Uh, to try so, to kind of sorry, what were you saying? So I was just gonna say, who is the third style that they're impersonating now in this third fight? Oh, obviously, obviously, it's all of course. That that makes. Sense. <laughs> I actually don't know. Well, I I would want I would say the third one is. It would make more sense if they put in. If they had the rights to all these movies, Jackie, Bruce Lee, and the third one being Tony Jaa because Pracha Pinkyao, um, mm-hmm. this they should have inter- if they had the rights to these movies, they would intersplice scenes from all their movies into their appropriate fights. Uh, yeah. Right. So the first one would be you see snip- snippets of Bruce Lee. Second one you see snippets of Jackie, and then this final one you would see snippets of Tony Jaa. I think. They they use the f- they use the moments with Tony Jaw before the first fight when they could have reserved it for this one again if they had the rights to it. Yeah, yeah. So I I I was assuming that this fight was supposed to be inspired by Tony Jaw or at least Thai action films, mm-hmm. but I didn't really get a sense of that to be honest. Really? Uh, I I th- okay. I wouldn't say the choreography itself is very Tony Jaw ish. I would say a lot of the the violence <laughs> in okay. this is very Thai, right? Because okay. wh- where are we now, by the way, Zero? Wh- we're, oh man, we're in the most disgusting <laughs> meat market ever. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Beijing, so I don't know. No, <laughs> no uh, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, this is very, um, it's very gross. You just see a whole bunch of meat and nothing else. So the, the color palette here is just red and brown. Man, <laughs> this is probably one of the most ugly fight scenes i've ever seen and uh 
yeah, I, I don't want to be too hard on the on the movie like that, but like I just I can't stand watching this fight because I hate the the color correct not yep. really color correcting like I hate how it's lit. Yeah, it's this pink and red, and it's just it it's just making it 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 feels like uh, uh like what's that setting in Photoshop like uh not safe for TV like. <laughs> Certain colors, you know, you're not supposed to yeah, put them yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. because it just it blows out on certain yeah. uh, televisions or something like well, that. Yeah, it, it's definitely meant to uh, to convey that you know, the kind of feeling, right? It's meant to be kind of gross, right? Um, it's, it's not a comfortable environment. Everyone is sweating. Everyone. I mean, it's also <laughs> Thailand weather, right? <laughs> but uh, they're also in what I can imagine to be an incredibly foul smell smelling environment. It's just a bunch of open meat just lying out in the open um, yeah it's, it's a outdoor slash indoor butcher shop yes. almost there's just lots of hanging meat carcasses all over the place they're running on top of the tables that are also covered in meat so it's yeah. supposed to be disgusting i i understand that i just don't like the look of this yeah. it's it's personally very distracting for me to watch this well the distracting part for me isn't so much the actual uh the the colors which i i agree but you know it's not to the point where i can i, I can't i have to look away uh, i'm more distracted by the environment uh that so much that it, it detracts from the fighting there's just too much it's just too busy there's just so oh, much yeah. in the back yeah. that's like uh you can kind of blend in with the fighting itself um mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, well, that's that's kind of what I mean, too, that because they're lit with the red and then there's hanging carcasses that are red, like it's all just one big blob of red. <laughs> yeah. It's it's sometimes hard to make out what's going on. And then sometimes they're wearing the white aprons and then there's the white sinew and the fat on right. the carcasses. So it's just all it's just a giant red carcass. I'm looking right. at. <laughs> Uh, sometimes the carcasses the are literally in the foreground obscuring the action mm-hmm. so you can't see what's actually happening i mean I, you can't you, you can vaguely make out the the shapes but mm-hmm. well in terms of actually seeing the hits sometimes a uh, a piece of pork bone will just be on screen obscuring <laughs> what you're seeing uh things like that right so yeah let me stop complaining about the visuals uh in terms of the fight though See, I, I understand it probably was supposed to be inspired by Tony Jaw fights, but I, yeah, I'm just not seeing that. Mm. Uh, well, okay. I, we're, I we're... want more like elbows to the head yeah. or knees to the face. And I understand this is Jija Yanin. She kind of has her own style or well, something She's a that Taekwondo master, to, right? Yeah, they're trying to do something like that. But uh, I just, I wasn't getting that at all. Right, right. I think it's more so the violence uh, that feels more like a Thai film uh even even the the simple stuff like when a butcher uh, butcher knife is about to, like flying for absolutely no reason about to clip jija and she just barely dodges it and it hits a, a boar head that's just lying there by the way that's camera trickery obviously they didn't do that the, like, yeah. the boar head already had the knife in it and when the pan the camera panned over to it it just moved the poor head uh, to look like it it connected um little things like that uh little things like that amp up the violence or the the severity of the hits uh potential hits of this fight and things like the guy doing a roundhouse kick at missing her and then hooking his leg onto oh, that God. meat hook 
Yeah. And, and then they and, they intensify it one step further by making him dangle on that leg. I was like, ah. Yeah, he I falls don't... off the table, and then the meat hook catches his leg, and he's just hanging there. You're just I'm, like, ugh. I'm like, oh, okay. There, that's the that's the kind of tie action I'm expecting. See, I don't I don't even recall that from other tie films. So that's why I guess I felt a disconnect in terms mm. of what it was trying to homage, but. Yeah, it, it's fine. I just I, I wasn't crazy about this fight either. Uh, considering that I liked the last fight a lot more, yeah. I was hoping that every fight would you know kind of be better and top itself. But yeah. for for me, I, I see what you're saying. The they are focusing a little more on the pain because the person she's trying to extract money from he kind of gets stabbed in the back with a nail. Yeah, and I'm just like, ah, tenet. Uh, what is it? Tetanus. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we have to keep on showing, using a lot more CG and camera trickery to also intensify some of the, the violence too. Cause there's a, there's that guy who keeps on getting stabbed with the butcher knives and it's supposed to be a little levity, a little bit of comedy. Oh, I like, I like that gag. I thought that yeah. was cute. Yeah. Uh, and when she, sl- she, she deflects the, the butcher knife at her, that's being thrown at her. It's clearly CG. That's when she deflects it and it hits the guy um yeah but it's it's fine it's all in service of something you know uh, much grander and 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 good uh but yeah like i wouldn't say that this fight is amazing i would say that there's it feels like it's it's uh, the movie is trying to keep on theme and i feel like it captures the the thai spirit although jija herself doesn't really do much muay thai-esque movements in this like the same way that a tony jaw would right because tony jaw obviously is all power you know, like, like you see so much power behind all his moves, but I don't want to keep comparing her to, t- yeah, to yeah. Tony because that's not fair because that he's him and you know Gigi's her own uh, martial artist. But uh, trying her version of a Tony Jaw fight, right? So I, I guess uh, just to go on that though, the the reason why that's kind of confusing is because yes, she's not trying to be Tony Jaw, but in the next fight when she's outside fighting the. Uh, the two women oh, yeah. and the the one guy on the roof mm-hmm. that is a clearly mai tai styled fight yeah 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 and that one looks like it's more inspired by tony ja and and other thai films mm. so it's you know like what what was that third that third fight supposed to be uh, yeah that that that's where my that's where my confusion you is. you are right it's not only her versus the two there's another guy with a bandana who he's ta- she's taking on as well uh, there's, there's, it's actually kind of unfair for the most part, uh, how much she has to deal with. But um, yeah, no, you're right. There, there's a lot more Muay Thai esque movements. Like I, this, I guess is the first example where I feel like she's actually doing um, knees and elbows. Well, she does do some knees. Yeah, before. this is strictly all knees and elbows, and she's even do, putting them in like the arm locks and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's actually one movement of when I watched it uh, last week. I was like, oh, I need to try this one day. Uh, she does this really nice feint. She picks up her fore, uh, her fore elbow and her knee, and she stops, you know, to feint, and then she turns that into a teep, in immediately into a side elbow. I'm like, damn, that is that is yeah. a great combination. Like that would probably work in a real fight um, because it. it once so uh, so one thing I wa- I noticed in this movie is she does a lot of fainting yeah. and she does a lot of fake out moves and I was like oh wow that's really awesome I I don't see that too often right. and I 
I don't think I saw it in her other films. I was kind of hoping maybe that's like, you know, her trying to create her own fight right. style or the choreographer is trying to do something like that. But I thought it was nice. Yeah, you don't see fainting too much. It's not something that's in choreography every night. You know what doesn't, well, zero. You know what doesn't make sense? There's some, after What's Jija that? defeats, well, kind of like takes down everyone, you know, they're on the floor. She decides to leave, kind of. She scoots over to the side of the, there's a bunch of pipes on the roof that they're fighting on, right? She decides to weave in between these pipes for no reason. <laughs> she just weaves in between them, gets up, and then there's no more. I don't, I don't even know why she did that. It's like it's a weird stunt. Uh, but what? Well, they needed to go to the next set piece. Yes, the next set piece is taking place with every these two Jija and this other, one other uh, performer who are kneeling down, crouching, and they're they're fighting, right? And there's, you can see it in the outtakes. There's one uh, crazy kick that she, the other per performer, does. Uh, it's a front snap kick as they're lying, you know, crouching down, and it hits Jija in the face, and you can just hear the the clatter of her head banging against the metal above them, <laughs> like that. That sound should not come out of uh, the human skull. <laughs> like you should not be making that kind of noise uh, with metal. Uh, and yeah, you can see in the outtakes, like just she, her eyes just like completely, you know, shot from that. They have to bandage it up and everything. But you know, uh, for for the, it's the pain that they have to take for the art, right? So I definitely like yeah. that a lot. Um, Man, like I like this fight in theory. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the two women who are kind of on their hands and knees underneath this metal grating, and they're you know trying to hit at each other. But I just hate the way it's shot. I I think that with a more competent um, cinematographer, you could have done close quarters combat a lot more interestingly mm -hmm. enough. Um, I understand the limitations of the set because I think this is partially a real yeah. set, mm -hmm. uh, a real structure anyway, because I think if they had the budget, they probably would have chopped this do up you, into pieces. Wait, do you think so? Then they could have got the camera in like more interesting Do you angles. think so? Do you think it was an actual set? Because when you watch the behind the scenes, this is it's a, a green this screen. Is a real, this is a real set, mm -hmm. and these are real pieces that they put on top, but the background is fake mm, yes like they're not really on a roof but this is a real set and there's they just took construction equipment and they put it down and they're like okay we're gonna use this but i think if they thought it through a little um better in planning they probably would have cut up that metal grating so they they could have put the camera underneath right, more easily right. i think it's just one solid piece of metal that i think that's why they can only get certain angles for that. You know, one thing that I feel like is missing from the behind the scenes, the the, the after credit sequences is all the, I'm sure of it. I am sure there is a lot of footage of these people, these performers kicking these pillars that are holding those grates up because they're, they're just doing a bunch of kicks like low sweeps, uh, you know, and, and snap kicks. And you know when you flail your arms and your your limbs around like that, there you always have the potential of accidentally snagging against these these really thin uh, pillars of metal that are just like happen to be there, and you don't see it anywhere. I'm like, damn, they. I feel like someone must have like severely bruised or snapped something in, in their their ankles. Uh, probably. <laughs> probably. <yeah. laughs> um, okay, so just to bring it in, indoors again, because like once this is this. Once Jija does a flying double knee towards uh, the last girl and sends her into this shoot, uh, which, uh, you know, like watching it a couple times, I'm like, okay, I see what they did there. It's it, Clearly, there's no impact with the knees. It's like they soften the blow. Whatever. We're back indoors now. 
and I'm getting a very kill, very Kill Bill Volume One inspired fight here because they're fighting. See, I would, uh, I would actually disagree with you there. You do, a okay. Bit. Yeah. Uh, so after rewatching this fight, this is very. Uh, it's not so obvious, but I was getting um, Tom Yum Goon. Oh, I get that where too. Tony Jaw has all is in the one room and all the bad guys are just coming at him and he's just dispatching them like kind of one by one. And that's exactly what happens here. Uh, this is like Jaw's moment to do the one on many. And she's doing, you know, not difficult, but she's kind of doing fancy ish right. moves to take them all down. Yeah, one by ju- one. Well, just like that movie, if we made this a gif. And we did, or Jif, whatever, what, whether, whatever heathen you are that calls it Jif. Uh, if we were to make a Jif of this uh, and not tell you where the end is and just keep looping it, you would never know that this is going to end. Because she just fights <laughs> like an endless horde of men that just come out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it's just move after move after move. I don't know why this is this is much shorter than the Tom Young Goon sequence. <laughs> so I think that's why I liked it a mm-hmm. lot. And I enjoyed that she started incorporating the bodies on the floor into the fight yep. choreography because she starts rolling on top of him and whatnot. Well, well I do like the, uh, I do like the actual choreography in the first portion of this because, the, by the way, this final action sequence, which is a combination of the last thing we just talked about, this this thing, the next two portions uh, indoors, and then there is the final sequence outdoors. It's very long. This is a very long yeah, final action it, sequence. It, it kind of starts at the hour mark, and this movie is an hour and 30. So the last 30 minutes of this movie is kind of all action yeah. at that point. So if you were dissatisfied or if you felt that the story was kind of dragging, then you know just, just wait till this moment. At least it's going to start throwing everything yeah, at yeah. you. And the, everything that comes back into play, too. Like her backbend... Her standing backbend, it's so impressive. Like, she dodges a flying double knee by doing a backbend and then standing back up uh, in basically from a backbend to back handspring position. Um, and, yeah, the, she does a lot more what you'd pretend you traditionally see in a uh, Panaritikrai production, uh, by the way, who choreogra- uh, choreographed this. Um, uh, he did not. Uh, he was the action supervisor. Oh, look at you making me a yeah. liar. <laughs> <laughs> the the choreographer was Weirapan mm. uh, Fan. I believe he is the same fight choreographer as Raging Phoenix. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I think I, I would I would guess that Pena's involvement was probably in the last action set piece with Maybe. all of that stunt crazy. Yeah, yeah, that that might be it because uh, I definitely see a little bit more of that in this final one. Um, and, you know, there is some wire work here. Uh, you know, every sequence almost feels like they have a little bit of wire work. Here she does a butterfly kick, and she floats a little too much. Just a little yeah. too much. Almost to a point I'm like, I don't even understand it because, like, the move that she uses to connect it with, or, like, the purpose of the butterfly kick is to connect it with someone's face. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I feel like you could do that with practical, of you know, practical, you know, practically. You don't need to use wires with that. Or just think of something better, you know? You don't have to use a butterfly kick. Whatever. I think they were trying to go for the height mm-hmm. and the angle at which her body was positioned. Mm-hmm. So probably wires was required to kind of get that that look they were going for. Yeah, I mean, like as someone who still to this day struggles with butterfly twists, uh, I I'm like the way that she she just catapults her whole body and floats like that. I'm like that is not realistic at all. You need a lot. Yeah, of- well, that's what I'm saying. You can't get that the height that they were yeah. probably looking for. So you know that's where the wires yeah, come. Yeah. 
All right, so here's the most uncomfortable part of the movie. <laughs> I, and I, I, I reiterate this. Mark was smart for bowing out of this episode because this next portion is... So, it makes me my skin crawl because I, I don't get it. I don't get why would you do this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so if you think about it, when you have a good guy and you're going by the Marvel movie logic or storytelling, how do you fight the good guy? You just send uh, basically the same type of uh, superpower at him, right? And when I say superpower, you, that probably did you just call autism really a horrible. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, they are very super just, in their own way. Uh, yes, they are superb. Um, oh my god! Uh, oh, I remember watching this the first time, and I was eighteen. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 uh, this is not okay. And then watching it now as a 30-something, I'm, I'm still like, oh, no, this is really so, not okay. Yeah, so to reiterate, Jija is now fighting another uh, autistic fighter. Yes, but what they do to him or do with him is, I don't know, I don't know, all right? And, and they give him a, they give him they a give, tick. Yes. They give him a tick, and but he's also incredibly—he's an incredibly talented fighter and breakdancer, right? And by yes. the way, yeah, they're going for that b-boy style of, of. Yeah, but not to be confused with like Capoeira, aka like a Latif Crowder kind of fighter. Like this is clearly strictly b-boying. He's he's b-boying and somehow making those dance moves connect and look like fighting, um, coincidentally. Uh, but yeah, like, what are the odds? What are the odds we have two martial arts special needs? <laughs> special needs fight? Man, this just makes me feel dirty talking about this. It really does. I, you know what? I would have been fine if he was just an eccentric fellow. He didn't need to be autistic. He could have just been like a weird guy who was doing that tick as part of a like that's his dance move almost this, right but this tick isn't just like oh he snapped his fingers like this is him flailing his whole body when he does the tick yeah like like it's it's out of his control yeah. so that's how you know that there is something you know special about him they could have clearly cut out that whole sequence earlier where you find out that the main villain has a, a special needs child as yeah. well and this could have just been like okay this is an eccentric fellow Maybe maybe he's not a special needs kid as well, but he clearly is. Oh, man, and well, before we elaborate on the actual choreography, Jija, I mean, she strategy, she actually developed a strategy to defeat him by adopting his tick. Uh, I find that very, also find that kind of distasteful. And are, are we saying all autistic kids are the same? That's not okay. That's really, that's not okay. Nothing no, about this is okay. That's not, so that's not what they're saying because in, 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 in the universe of this movie or whatever, uh, Jija is able to defeat people by reading the moves of better yeah. fighters and then using that to her advantage. So what you could say is this, autist this autistic fighter was technically better, better than her. She learns to read his moves and then she redirected it back at him. The more we talk about this, the more I feel like we're going to get canceled. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel right talking about this. It just is not okay. And like, I don't know, watching this again, it, it doesn't make me feel good. She, you, you, what you say might be right. She might be a, adopting it, the adopting that fight style in order to, to learn how to defeat him. But I don't know. There's something about that that feels very distasteful. You know, it just doesn't feel. Yeah, I, 
I completely get that. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm trying to give the movie an olive branch. I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm trying to speak for it in that I don't think they were trying to offend anybody with this. I think they just thought, oh, okay, well we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna give her a fighter who is her yeah. equal and. I think in poor taste, they're like, oh, well, her equal would be someone who's also on the spectrum and is able to perform these amazing Oh, moves. man. Kirk Lazarus is like, you know, you know what he said in Tropic Thunder? You say that one more time. <laughs> like, Jija shadows the line a lot in this movie, you know, where I'm like, okay, it's like her, she, it feels like a genuine performance. You know, she's trying to, like, give some dignity to the character, too. But sometimes, like, you know, it goes, she goes a little overboard. This other character, they just threw it. I'm like, there's no dignity behind this character. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially when they don't set him up properly and they just throw him in at the end. Yeah. So it does... This is, unfortunately, the point where it does feel a bit... Explosive. Well, I mean, what, what, how do you conclude a fight between two uh, special needs uh, fighters? One of them has to lose. So it's... I don't know. I also feel like wrong to watch like an autistic kid get beat up and i'm like yeah. that's not okay yeah. this is not okay none of this is okay <laughs> this is really wrong well it is <laughs> women's history month and she wins so yay <laughs> it's women's history month and so uh to top that off the mother who we've been uh hoping would survive her cancer the whole movie uh gets stabbed to death in the very she next, gets impaled. she gets impaled. impaled. Oh, even better! Uh, what does yeah. the sword represent? Um, uh, she gets stabbed in the next sequence, uh, and the dead—I wouldn't call him deadbeat dad. He's not—he's not deadbeat. He just, you know, was he was exiled, and now he's returned because of information, <laughs> because of movie. Uh, the the yes. father's back, and he's kind of here to try to save the day. He tries to have a fight scene. <laughs> We don't care about it because he's not a, he's not, a, what is his name? Uh, Hiroshi Abe, I think. Uh, Hiroshi Abe. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you know, his action sequence, whatever, doesn't really matter. It's more for the drama. And then next thing you know it, Jija is now chasing after the person, the mob boss who killed the mother. And we have our final moment uh, on the rooftop, which, by the way, I am also skipping over the scabbard fight. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about mm -hmm. it. There's... Jija is using these two scabbers, almost like bully clubs, and just beating the crap out of people who are wielding katanas. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's 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 reminiscent of what happened earlier with her just taking on the one versus yeah. many. It's just okay. I I like some of this stuff because it's just fun to see her wail on these stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a lot. I also get uh, remin uh, flashbacks of Tom Young Goon in this too because of the way that she, you know, Tom. Tony Jaa would wield those two elephant bones. Oh, the two drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, once we get to the rooftop, uh, now the boss, the mob boss is jumping, jumps onto like the side of the building, like almost like the fire escape. Not even, they're not even fire escape. They're just like ledges that are just happen to be across the street from uh, an oncoming train or the train tracks. And you know, it's it almost becomes like a, a parkour esque fight sequence at times because they're they're yeah. going so, up and down these these ledges. So this is our final action set piece, and this really is a set piece. Um, it's very clear that this is not real that that they built this elaborate set because you can see CGI at certain points because they needed to extend it and to add a background. That's fine because this is still a real three story set. Yeah. 
It is the side of a building. And these actors, while they are wired in, are very much really on the side fighting and they're being thrown off and they're really just dangling. It's really, really intense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, when they're falling, and there are a couple of performers who actually fall. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's there is definitely a, a small, slight disconnect uh, because they're they're descending so slowly, and they it almost feels like they're floating a little bit with the wires, the harness, uh, kind of lightening the fall, obviously. Um, but if it weren't for that, you know, like you, like I I still think it's great. I still think it's great because like the final outcome, you can clearly see them falling from the highest point and then crashing and sometimes even hitting the sides of the ledges until they get to ground level. Oh yeah. Just because you're in wires and it's slowing your descent does not take away the fact that you are <laughs> possibly hitting ledges on the way down and your body weight is still hitting the floor despite the fact that the wires are, you know, assisting. Yeah. yeah. So it's oh man, this this I I don't know why I forgot about this whole scene. I think I was just kind of disappointed with the movie mm -hmm. when i first watched it and so i guess i just kind of took it out of my mind mm -hmm. because when i was watching this i was like oh man i don't remember this at all so i i kind of got reinvigorated oh, again and i was actually really like so it. would you say that this is a great way to end the movie oh yeah hmm. definitely definitely that's so weird i think you and i are on different pages because i actually i as a, i don't love it i don't hate it either i don't abide would definitively say in my opinion, I don't think it should end the movie. It's good, you know. I but I, I kind of want a more traditional like one on, as much as I don't like. Oh, so you you were looking for a fight? Yes, yes. Like he, uh, here she's okay, she's okay. taking taking dispatching all these people with so much ease that I was like, oh, I kind of want the final the final action set piece to be uh, like it ends with a bang, right? Here, like yes, mm -hmm. the the visuals nice, the stunt work is nice, um, the environment is impressive. But I actually want a challenge for the the final uh, as a final fight for her, and here I never really got that sense. I feel like she's you know she has the the whole situation under control, and like ah oh, that I wouldn't end the movie like this. This should have been like the setup to lead you into the final fight. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah, it, well I I think the issue is um, if the last boss actually had martial arts ability, then it this should have went into the yeah. That should have been the final fight, but that was never the case. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that's true. They, 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 you know, they just ended it here, and I'm was I'm fine with that because I love how this ends. Uh, I'm fine with it not being choreography in the traditional sense. This is choreography in the sense that, like, okay, I'm going to kick you. You're going to hit this platform, and you're going to hit this sign, and you're going to land face first. Yeah. Can you remember? <laughs> can your body remember yeah. that choreography? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's still a uh, impending sense of danger, right? Because there's just so much going on here. Uh, there's just there's a lot of wires in, in this. Uh, like again, I hate I hate that I keep harping on that, but like at times you really can't not notice it because it just would lighten a lot of the um, the, the danger that's involved in it. Like so, when she descends from, she does a flying knee descending from one floor to the next and she just she is just gliding <laughs> she is, there's no weight behind that move at all um i don't know man like i so actually when i was watching this it immediately made me think of uh master z mm. and i don't know if you remember mm. they did something very similar yeah, yeah. where they were fighting uh highly elevated above the ground on top of signage mm -hmm. in what was it hong kong or Shang Macau? shanghai i forget I where they were yeah, shanghai. oh shanghai okay and 
I remember really liking that set piece, but the wire work there was way too obvious. Mm. So I was thinking of that. And then when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this looks so much better. Right, right. So I, I, I actually was more forgiving with this. I mean, uh, to you know, throw an olive wrench to the movie, I mean, I think the wire work can help tremendously. I mean, not only for the safety of the performers, but, you know, for simple things like Jija climbing onto the next perch uh, by doing some parkour steps uh, like a, a Kit Kat. I think it's still Kit Kat. God damn, it's been forever since I did parkour. Uh, a Kit Kat up to the next railing. Uh, using the the top of the door like easily she could just fall and plummet to her death <laughs> if she mm-hmm. uh, if she wasn't um, wired up so you know like things like that like that's where wires actually would help and there it's actually not obvious that she's on wires um, right yeah. I think another case where I think wires is absolutely necessary and I'm o- absolutely okay with it because I think it's crazy is she is grabbing the leg of one of the assailants and she uses it to kind of window out over the edge uh, yeah. while she's holding onto the leg. She's swinging out yeah. using his leg and using that momentum, she kicks a guy uh, on the other side. Very, very obviously they're all on the wires because yeah. there's no way his leg would have the strength to hold her body up. But it's, it's just still impressive because that's still dangerous because she has to swing around using his leg. So it's like, <laughs> you know it's fake, but there is still something impressive about yes, it. Yes, yes. I mean... Uh, and then there's the funny moments with the, with the wire work. There's Jija is now hugging her backside on the the railing where the tracks are, the train tracks are. So she's facing opposite from the complex. So one of the henchmen, for some stupid reason, decides to do a jumping lunge at her, and she just <laughs> decides to do a push kick towards her towards his face. And he just immediately, all the momentum he had going forward just goes straight down towards the oh, yeah, towards yeah. the street. And there's something about that descent that's like he floats to the ground. He's floating, floating, floating. As soon as he touches the floor, he goes into a fetal position. It's like, ah, uh, <laughs> don't think that works that way, buddy. Uh, yeah, and, you know, she obviously takes care of the last guy. I don't, you know, uh, she does her parkour to get down to back down to the, the ground level. And uh, I don't really know what they're trying to say with the ending. Did he did she kill him? Yeah, that's not clear. I mean, considering that she threw him off the third floor and he hit a sign and a ledge on the way down Mm -hmm. and she looks at him and he is all bloodied and not moving, I want to say maybe it's a victory for for our hero, (laughs) for our special needs hero. She killed the guy that was trying to hurt her family. Yeah, and uh, well, her mom's dead now. <laughs> yeah. her, just, her mom's dead, and uh, the only person that was tethering her, I mean, that, that's a real thing, right? You know, it's like, you know, uh, if for someone who is autistic, you know, like you, you, you are more likely to have someone who, like, you are more, you have a bond with, you know, like that kind of like tethers you to this world, I guess, you know, like, so, like, she dies, and immediately she has a connection with this father figure. Who she has never met before. Yeah, you kind of have to just give that a pass because if this movie was trying to be realistic, it would have ended on a very sad note of her not really trusting him and then dying alone. So, yeah, you know, she's reunited with her father. Yay! It's a happy ending for everybody. Uh, and I'm sure she got to eat more chocolate. Uh-huh. 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 We're not. We're not the recommend. Uh-huh. We're not the recommendations yet. We didn't finish that. You can. You should have ended with that bad joke. <laughs> All right. 
So yeah, this is chocolate. Uh, man, what? Uh, I still feel bad that we have to choose this movie for Women's History, Women's Appreciation Month. But I think that it was nice to just give Gija Yunin a shout out. I think that's really the takeaway for this episode. No, don't read between the lines. Don't read between the lines about autism uh, and and this month's uh, theme. Uh, I think Gija's awesome. I actually like her a lot in this movie. Um, it's not as good as I remember it to be, uh, unfortunately. Watching again, I'm like, oh, I see the the cracks in the on the wall. Uh, it, but I still, uh, I still think it's a relatively good movie. It has problems, and it still makes me very uncomfortable at times because of the <laughs> subject matter. And they, they're, it started off pretty well. You know, it started off pretty well, and I was actually kind of uh, and like. I thought there was some sentimentality, it, like it does it tastefully, and it's fucking just thrown out the window as soon as she starts fighting. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, there's that one moment where you're just like, "Ooh, probably shouldn't have done that." Well, there's there's quite a, a couple of those in this film, at least in my opinion, and the most egregious, obviously, being that the, the, the two autistic, autistic kids fighting. That's such a weird thing to say. Um, all right, Zero, what are your thoughts of this movie? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm the complete opposite of you. So when I first saw this movie, it wasn't too crazy about it. Upon rewatching it, I liked it because I liked how it ended. I'm a very big proponent on if the movie is not really getting my attention, as long as it ends very big and satisfying, even just in terms of the action, doesn't even have to be in terms of the story, uh, I can get into it. I can give it a recommend. So I like all the action at the end or, or the majority of it, especially that last action set piece i think the stunts are really cool uh really really hard hitting uh, if you like thai action films and which is what they're known for with those hard hits i think they do it well here mm-hmm. uh i think the earlier fights uh, i wasn't too crazy about i think the jackie inspired fight though is, is pretty good i think uh i think it could have been edited a little tighter uh the pacing could have been a little tighter there but i think for the most part it was fun right Right. And yeah, I think I, I like Jija Yanin. I really wanted her to become, you know, not the next Tony Jaa. I wanted her to go in parallel with him. I thought she was her own unique thing. Uh, unfortunately, I think she just decided to uh, have a family, so she didn't want to keep making martial arts movies. I don't exactly know the story there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But right. uh, we also covered Raging Phoenix. You can listen to that. I like that movie. I like the choreography in plug, that movie plug, a lot. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> we'll yeah. watch that episode. Go follow us on Patreon. Hey, <laughs> let's see how we tie that all together. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dijanine. I think as a first film, I think this is a, a good first one out of the gate for her. Yeah. Well, it literally is the first out of the gate, right? Um, yeah. Hey, you know, I think you might mis- be misquoting me. I don't hate the movie. Uh, it's not as good as I remember, but I do still enjoy the film. But yeah, I, like everything I said before, still stands. It, I just feel very uncomfortable watching this movie. It's just not okay. It's like watching uh, uh, what was that Sean Penn movie? I am Sam. Oh God, I am Sam. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Oh, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's that all over again. I don't know. Uh, what I'm saying is that uh, Juja needs to get an Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. How about um? I give you some chocolate and we put some marijuana in there and then you could watch this movie again and not feel anything. Or I could just not watch the movie again. <laughs> I think that would work too.